0: More Alaikum, Rahmat Lahi, Rabalakatu
1: Alhamdulilla, Alhamdulilla,
2: Hilady Adosara Rasula, who built Huda, Wadinil Hak, you are the Hidder who are a Shahida. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله لا شريك له به We begin with our uh, webinar today بإذن الله تعالى, where we will discuss a very important topic, an extremely important topic which is the topic of At-Tawheed. The topic of At-Tawheed, which is, uh, we could say, Islamic monotheism. Islamic monotheism. And there's a, shay- a, a slide that I will share with you, which we will go through. And this is to be a brief sort of insight into the issue of At-Tawheed, as I say, lecture that could in reality be a series. And as many of you will know, there are books that have been written on this issue, large books, mutawalat, and also some of the shorter books and treaties that cover
0: this aspect of a tawheed So we'll begin with some of
2: the topics that we will cover. So from them... A definition of a Tawheed, and then we'll go on to look at the categories of a Tawheed. And then similarly, we will look at what is Ibadah, how do you know if an act of worship is Ibadah, and also some of the virtues of a Tawheed and what is a Shirk.
0: What is a Shirk? So, in with a Tawheed. As we
2: usually do, we look at the linguistic definition of a topic, and then we go on to the Islamic or the shiri, shari'i uh, definition, So, tawheed is the master, the verbal noun of the verb in the Arabic language, wahada yuwahidu tawheedan, okay, wahada. So what does this mean? It means to make something one. It means to make something one and those of you who have a understanding of arabic language then you can see that there's a link between wahid and the word that we just mentioned or the verb wahada tawhid has the same roots they share the same roots so it means to make something one however as a science or as a topic in islam then we are referring to true monotheism islamic monotheism which is to single Allah out in his Rububiyyah, which is a category of a tawhid and his uluhiyah, which is another category of a tawhid and his asma wa sifat, meaning his names and attributes. So it means to single Allah out in his lordship, in terms of our worship to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and also in his names and attributes, in his names and attributes. So we have simply laid out these three categories of a tawheed And how have the scholars arrived at these three categories? Then it is by way of what is known as Al-Istiqra, which is whereby the scholars have researched contemplated various texts from the Kitab and the Sunnah, and they have arrived at the fact that Tawheed can only be split into these three categories, that they are of these three categories. And when they look at the shirk of the mushrikeen and the lights, then it has arrived that Tawheed is of these three categories. Without going into details, as some have mentioned, that is two categories. But what is commonly and widely understood is that it is of these three categories. Uh, this is a, uh, a short lecture, a beginner's lecture, so we won't. Go into Khilafat too much, but it's all three. And the max is three. As some have brought a fourth, and this is incorrect. This is incorrect. Rather, what is necessary is these three, or as some said that it can be categorized into two, whereby it is al-qasd wal-irada and al-ma'rifat wal ithbat if it was to be categorized into two. So we have Tawheed al Rububiya, Tawheed of Allah's worship, which means to single Allah out in His actions, such as creating, providing, giving life and causing death. What does this mean? It means in regards to the fact that we believe as Muslims that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is our Lord, first and foremost, and that He is our creator. He alone is the one who provides for us, the one who gives life, the one who causes one to die, and that he subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is in control of all of the affairs of the universe. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is the one who sends the rain and the likes. This is what it is our belief as Muslims in regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a proof that proves that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is our Lord, as we know, approves this category of taqiyid. Rather, is the verse where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, مَن يَرْزُقُكُم مِنَ أَمَّا يَمْلِكُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَمَن يُخْرِجُ الْحَيَّ مِنَ الْمَيِّتِ وَيُخْرِجُ الْمَيِّتَ مِنَ الْحَيِّ وَمَن يُدَبِّرُ الْأَمْرَ فَسَيَقُولُونَ Say to as for you from the heavens and the earth, who controls the hearing and the sight, and who brings the living out of the dead and brings the dead out of the living, and who arranges every matter. They say Allah, so say, then will you not fear him? This is Surah Yunus, ayah number 31. And from this ayah, scholars have mentioned that the issue with the Quraysh was not in this regard. It was not in this category of tawhid. It was not in this category of a in Allah's Lordship. As the ayah stipulates that, if you were to ask them who provides from the heavens and the earth, who is the owner of sight and hearing, and who brings the dead out of the living, the living out of the dead, then they would surely say, or they would say, it was Allah. They would say, it is Allah. So say to them, then will you not fear him? i.e., will you not have taqwa of this one? The one who created you, the one who is the controller of all the one who brings the dead and the living and of the dead. The one who is your Lord, will you not worship him alone? Will you not worship him alone? I establish him that this is the one who truly deserves worship after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions those various acts, his actions, and this is why we say to single Allah out in his actions. And this is what Tawheed al rububiyya is connected to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's actions. And this is what we single Allah out by believing that it is Him alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that performs these actions. The second category of a Tawheed is Tawheed al uluhiyah or Tawheed al-Ibadah, Tawheed of worship. Of worship. And this in reality connects to the actions of us, mankind, our actions. Then we perform these actions or these acts of worship only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We perform these acts of worship only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, for example, it means to single Allah out in his worship, i.e., in the way in which we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If an act is an act of worship, then We only direct it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, actions that the worshippers perform, such as dua, as dua is an act of worship, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, dua huwal ibadah. Dua, it is ibadah, is an act of worship. Also, the salah and likewise fasting and other acts of worship, and other acts of worship, then they are only to be directed. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we look at one of the proofs, and there are many proofs to establish this category, there are many proofs. We find that in this proof, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, من من إلا نوحي إلا إلا نوحي And we sent not before you any messenger except that we revealed to him that. What is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to every messenger? That there is no deity except me. I know God worthy of worship except me, so worship me. So worship me. And this shows the importance of this particular category. And this is what you find was the biggest issue for the kuffar of Quraysh, the polytheists of Mecca at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is what they found most unacceptable in terms of the Prophet's Sallallahu da'wah. As they said, has he made all of the gods one? Has he, Muhammad, made all of the gods one. Has he made the āliha, the gods that they had at that time, the different gods that they would worship? And I say gods as in what they believed. They believed that they were worthy of worship. Has he made them one? In This is a strange thing, as they claim. They believed it to be something that was strange. That it was something that was strange and alien to them. However, this was the da'wah of the Prophet to mankind to worship the one God Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that is worthy of worship, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: The third category of a Tawheed, which we'll look at is
2: Tawheed of Allah's names and attributes, of Allah's names and attributes, which is Tawheed al-Asma wa-Sifat, meaning that we single Allah out in his names and attributes, which means that we affirm that which Allah affirmed in his book, in the Quran i.e. affirmed it as a name or an attribute for himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it also means that we affirm that which the Prophet sallallahu warned us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a name or an attribute, without distorting the meaning, without making any resemblance to his creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we affirm the meaning as was intended by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that befits his majesty wa ta'ala so we briefly covered these three uh, categories of a tawhid and as we mentioned before then these categories of tawhid they have come about by way of the scholars performing ishtiqra, which is a complete reflection on all of the texts from the kitab the sunnah and they have come out with the understanding that the categories revolve around the categories that we mentioned. And this is similar to what the scholars of anahu did, the scholars of the Arabic language, the scholars of Arabic grammar. Then they have come out with the fact that a word in the Arabic language is either ism, a fi'il, or a harf. And this is something that is not blameworthy. So similarly, with the scholars of islam they have come out with the fact that categories of atawheed the they revolve around these three categories these three categories and we'll expound on some of those ta'ala. so we find that as it's important to be aware of these categories it's also important to be aware of their are opposites. As as with the opposites of something then its true reality is known. Its true reality is known We have a Tawheed ar Tawheed rububia, Which is to believe in Allah's what lordship to believe in Allah's lordship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one and only true lord and there are proofs for this as we mentioned even alhamdulillahi rabbil is a proof for this as it establishes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the lord of all of the worlds so if we establish that belief that Allah is the one who creates, the one who provides, the one who sustains and the likes, then it's important that we understand that the opposite of this would also negate this. It also negates this as we've learned the opposites, we can understand the true reality of an issue. So we find that the opposite of al Rububiyyah is to say that someone else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Performs these acts. Performs, uh, for example, other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala can give life. Other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala can cause one to die. I.e., ultimately. And other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the one who brings the rain and the lights. This is the opposite of what we establish as Tawheed al rububiyyah and this is obviously of great danger, as we will see. In the also we find that having knowledge of the unseen and these lights they are characteristics specific to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now if we look at tawhid al uluhiya again tawhid of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of his worship i.e. we only worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then similarly the opposite of this the opposite of this is worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How so? By performing one of these acts to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So supplicating to other than Allah, praying to other than Allah, performing other acts of worship for or towards other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the opposite which subsequently negates this category of a tawheed and we'll look at some of these dangers insha'Allah ta'ala. And similarly, similarly, we have again Tawheed Al Asma'i wa Sifat. So the opposite of this would be resembling Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to His creation. As Allah said, There is none like unto Him, and He is Al Sami' Al Basir, the all seeing and the one who hears all. So in this verse, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He makes affirmation. He affirms that none is like unto Him, and this is a principle as it relates to Allah's names and attributes that we believe that nobody is similar to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that He is unique, and that none is like unto Him. However, at the same time, we establish and affirm the names and attributes that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has affirmed for Himself, and as we mentioned, that His Messenger who he sent unto mankind, also affirms about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this verse, we find that Allah mentions that he is a sami al-Basir, that he is the one that hears all things, and that he is al-Basir, the one who sees all. So how do we affirm these attributes? And we won't go into details. I believe there is a lecture uh, that will be discussing Allah's names and attributes. But briefly, then we affirm the fact that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is all hearing. I.e., we affirm this as a name, as one of the names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and also we affirm the meaning that we get from that name, meaning that if Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that He is sami' for or yasma, then the one who hears all things, then they have this attribute of hearing. I.e., they are not empty names that have no meaning. Ahl-Sunnah, as it relates to Allah's names and attributes, they affirm the name and they affirm the meaning or the attribute that can be taken from the name. They affirm the attribute that can be taken from the beautiful names
0: of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Moving on, we will look at
2: What is a shirk? What is a shirk? A shirk is to worship. It includes worshiping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in regards to issues that are specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That should be specifically done for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the unforgivable sin, i.e. It's the only sin that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that He will not forgive the one that performs this i.e. if they die upon this If they die upon this uh, state of being a mushrik Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said And outlined that He will not forgive them As He says Allah That indeed Allah He does not forgive that one associates a partners with Him However he will forgive that which is less than that for whomsoever he wills. And this is a cause of happiness for the believer. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that he will forgive anything that is less than shirk. And whoever associates others with Allah, then they have certainly fabricated a tremendous sin. And it is of the worst sins. And this is why it's important that the believer. And the Muslim, they learn what is shirk, and this is how one, uh, what one should do in terms to increase their knowledge is to learn what this thing is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala told us that He will not forgive us, and it shows the importance of its opposite, which is Tawheed and monotheism and true worship of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So it's important to learn what does this, what is this act that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he will not give, forgive, sorry. What is this act? It's important for us to learn and try to increase our knowledge as it relates to ashirk shirk. In terms of what? For us to protect ourselves. For us to stay away from such acts, as we will briefly look at bi ta'ala. So a shirk, likewise, as with tawhid, Scholars have categorized them. Some say major and minor. Some major, minor, and hidden, meaning al-shirk al-khafi. So you have al-shirk al-akbar. Al-shirk al-akbar. Such as directing worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Completely directing worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a form of major shirk. Prostrating to... A statue, an idol, and the likes. Salah to an idol. Uh, Dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are forms of major shirk. And this is the shirk that takes one outside the fold of Islam with tafsir. However, this is the form that takes one out of the fold of Islam. And it's the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to with a category that we're referring to when Allah says that he will not forgive the one who associates partners with him makes others equal to him subhanahu wa ta'ala when he is the one and true god subhanahu wa ta'ala so we find also as it relates to shirk that shirk the major shirk then is the type of shirk that renders actions null and void all actions null and void meaning they're no longer valid they're invalid and they are incorrect As we find, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, and had they associated partners in worship or associated others with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then all that which they used to do would be of no benefit to them, i.e. their actions. This is mentioned in Surah uh, Al-An'am, ayah number 88. We also find the minor shirk. Minor shirk is... That which the Prophet sallam, he referred to as أخوف ما أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمُ الشِّرْكَ الأصغر. The thing that I fear for you most is the minor shirk, the minor shirk. And when he was uh, when he was asked and questioned in this regard, he mentioned that it is a shirk. He mentioned that it is aru'ya. That it is aru'ya. And also from this which scholars have mentioned is Swear by Allah, We can uh, by Allah. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Do not swear by your fathers, rather swear If you are to swear, then swear by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala And there are other forms And this is what some of the scholars have mentioned And also as it relates to the hidden shirk the hidden shirk, which some scholars have mentioned as a third category, then it is that someone, they, is similar to riyah, whereby someone, they do something to beautify their salah, for example. Riyah, for example, beautifying your salah, someone praying, and they beautify their salah in a way that they are trying to capture the eye of someone else. So in that particular act, it's as if they've Not really done it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is also a form of the uh, lesser shirk. And rendering that particular act, or the amount of uh, showing off that was done in that act, rendering it uh, invalid or null and void in that regard, as it was not done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Moving on, in regards to some of the virtues of a tawhid. Some of the virtues of at-tawhid It is the goal and the purpose of our creation meaning we were created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is of course at-tawhid whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in surah Al-Dhariyat, wama khalaqtul jinna wal insa illa and I did not create the jinn or the mankind except to worship me, except for my worship. This shows that the purpose of our creation, as explicitly put by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is to worship him alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and none other than him, showing the great virtues of a tawhid of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the person is performing their sole purpose in life. And this is a question that is often asked: why were we created? What is our purpose here on earth and the likes? However, this question is clearly answered in Islam, whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us our purpose that it is to worship Him. We are created to worship Him, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. It is the first obligation upon mankind, i.e., the first thing that mankind a slave. Has to learn or be aware of is la ilaha illallah. As we find when the Prophet prepared the great companion Muadh bin Jabal radiAllahu anhu, and he sent him to Al Yemen. Then the first thing that he told him to do was to call to la ilaha illallah. Where he said, katati min ahl kitab." You are going to a people from Ahlul kitab and la ilaha illallah wa anni rasulullah Then, make the first and the primary thing that you call them to is the shahada of la ilaha illallah and that I am the messenger of Allah So this is the first obligation And this was the da'wah and the call that was given The call that Mu'adh was advised to call the people with The first call And then if they obey you in that The Prophet went on to say then informed them, and Allah has told them that Allah has obliged upon them five daily prayers, day and night. But the first thing that he ordered Mu'adh to inform them of was the La ilaha illallah, this testimony, this great kalima, stating and testifying that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is his slave and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa similarly we find that it was the call of the anbiya it was the call of the anbiya meaning that all of the prophets they call to this particular issue of a tawheed, where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions kulli an And we have sent to every nation a Rasool, a messenger, proclaiming worship Allah and avoid false deities. Every nation had a messenger. And this was their message. This was their call to worship Allah and avoid all false deities, all falsehood. This was their call. So it is the call of the Anbiya. And we find that they were all, they all unanimously, Agreed on this particular issue of worshipping Allah alone. This was their message. And this is Islam in reality. A call to worship Allah, our one and only creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, we find that in a tawheed, in learning a a tawheed, and actualizing a tawheed is a source of. It's a source of safety and guidance, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. Those who believe and they do not mix their iman with dun, their faith with dun. Those are the ones who will have and they will have safety. And they will be rightly guided. They are the ones who are guided. So it mentions those who believe and they do not mix their faith with oppression. And as we mentioned, oppression was the tafsir was given by the Prophet ﷺ when the companions, they inquired and they asked who from among us does not oppress himself or does not wrong himself. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the story of Luqman or have you not heard what Luqman said to his son, Babai, said? O son, do not commit shirk. Indeed, shirk is a great form of oppression, a great wronging. Then, this verse, it mentions the Prophet, as he mentions, and this is the understanding that is here. It's not as you thought, companions, as the Prophet, when he mentioned, as he clarified to them, he said that it is, indeed, shirk is a form of oppression, as was given tafsir in the other ayah, in the other ayah. So this is those who do not mix their... Iman with shirk, they do not mix their iman with shirk, then they are the ones who will have aman, and they will be muhtadun, the mawahidun, those who single Allah out in his worship, worship in his lordship, and in his names and attributes. And also, all of the Qur'an is a tawheed What does this mean? We mean by this, as was mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his book Madarij al Saliqeen, whereby he mentions that every ayah in the Quran then it consists of a tawheed. And he goes on to explain as to why this is the case and the links. And he says, as the Quran is either, and this is paraphrase here, information about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his names and attributes. And if we look at the Quran and this is the case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Informs us about himself and he informs us of his names, ar rahman ar rahim Maliki, Yawm-Ad-Din, his attributes, the acts that he performs, he's the one who sends down the rain and the likes. Then this is what we find in the Quran. Or we find that the Quran is a call to worship him alone. A call into what? Call into Tawheed Al-Uluhiya, a call to worship him alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we open the mushaf. And we go through from Surah Al Fatiha, we go on to the next page, Surah Al Baqarah. And then, if we continue to go, we find that the first order that comes in Surah Al Baqarah, that comes when we open the Mus'haf, is to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Ya ayyuhan nas, ya'abudu rabbakumul ladi khalakakum wal ladi na min kablikum na'allakum taqoon. O mankind, ya'abudu rabbakumul ladi khalakum. Worship your Lord who created you and those before you so that you may have piety, so that you may gain piety. So the first order that we find in the Qur'an is an order order to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we look at the Qur'an, it could also be a command or a prohibition. I an order from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to perform something or a prohibition to stay away from something, which are from the rights of a tawheed and from its completeness, from the things that perfect ones, tawheed, by following the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and staying away from his prohibitions. We also find that when we look at the Qur'an, we find that it's either information about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his generosity, his karama for the anbiya for the believers when he speaks about the reward or the end result of those uh, of the prophets the end result of the believers of the righteous people and their reward of al-jannah then we find that this is a link to the reward of a tawhid it mentions the reward for al muwahideen the ones who single Allah out in worship also we find that in the Quran, it has in it information about the people of shirk, the mushrikun, those people who disobeyed their messengers and the likes. Then we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about their punishment and the punishment for disobeying the messengers and for not performing what? For not having a tawhid and for worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what we find when we look at the Quran. And... Lastly, I'll mention the definition for ibadah. I think that's something that has been missed from the lecture, the definition of ibadah. And a common definition that is used by scholars is what was mentioned by Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala in his book Kitab al ubudiyyah where he says that ibadah is ismun jami' kulli ma that is a comprehensive term for everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and is pleased with. من al From actions, whether they be internal or external actions, whether it's statements and the likes. All of this is considered ibadah. But what's the key thing here? That is a comprehensive term for everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and is pleased with. Which guides us to the fact that an act of worship are those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and is pleased with. And it's the things that he subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to do. So for example, a salah Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with a salah Na'am. And it's an act of worship, du'a. Similarly, and it's an act of worship. We find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to perform the salawat. akim Perform the prayers and we find that these are acts of worship. And this can be expounded on and it can be researched. And there are lessons that are given in this regard as it relates to a tawhid. For example, there's lessons that you'll be able to find on the book of Usulatha, which also uh, looks into this issue as it relates to what is Ibadah, al the three fundamental principles, Kitab al-Tawhid. Another book by the same scholar, Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, rahimahullah. And there are other books, aqid al wasatiyyah which looks at Aqeedah in general, but has a specific emphasis as it relates to Allah's names and attributes. But it's important for even the general Muslim and the student of knowledge to have some type of ma'rif or some type of awareness as it relates to a tawheed and its importance in the daily life of the Muslim. As there are more ayat, more ahadith that we could mention, but due to uh, keeping the time short and not wanting to go on for too long, we'll suffice with this, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.
1: as there's any questions.
0: I believe, Ikhwan, w- w- akhawat, that there's a, a tab that says questions. I think that's used
2: for questions rather than the chat. I'm not sure if everyone can see it, but there should be a tab. Can you elaborate on mentioning about the Quraysh and the because One, this is strange. I thought they believed in Rububiyah. Nam, that is correct. That wasn't the issue that the Quraysh had. It wasn't to do with Allah SWT's Rububiyah. As we mentioned in the verses, it said that they believed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you were to ask them who created the heavens and the earth, then they will surely say, Allah. So this wasn't the issue as it relates to whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens. This wasn't their main issue. Rather, it was as it relates to tawheed and ibadah, worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to worship only one God. This was their issue. This was their main issue. And even if something that you'll find is an issue uh today as it relates to
0: uh worship worshiping other than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now i'm going to repost the questions in the q a tab
1: So sure, I can't see them. one.
0: I want to share this slide I ought to see page eight.
1: Now, I'm a book to delve into a book for
2: Tawheed as I mentioned, Kitabat at tawheed. uh by Sheikh Mohammed Abdul Wahab.
0: It's a tremendous book in that regard. It's been translated, I believe there's online lessons you can listen to. Now, major circuit, the only circuit that. Cannot be forgiven.
2: One has to make toba. Even just if one falls into it, they make toba whilst they're alive, obviously. They make toba. And it's only unforgiven if
1: the person dies upon that state. If remind a friend to pray and they do so. Would that be?
0: With these issues that are connected to the niyah, if you remind a friend to pray and they do so, would that be them
2: praying for the reason? Inshallah, you should remind them. should remind them. And this benefits the believers. Remind us the remembrance, benefits the believers. should remind someone to pray. And that's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for their niyyah, but it still reminds someone to pray. And even the niyyah, as it is, then it's something that is difficult. And one has to renew their intention. And they have to try to focus, for example, with the salah, on the ayat that they're reciting. In order to have khushura and these things. But it's not something to uh, overthink. Where someone now they have shak. And every time they perform an act of worship. They have these huge doubts as to whether it was for the sake of Allah. And it affects them in that particular way. This isn't what is intended. It's just a reminder to uh, have ikhlas. Have ikhlas. And this is from the conditions of... For the acceptance of actions, we find there's conditions from them, the two conditions being having sincerity, i.e., doing the act of worship sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his sake, and also mutaba'ah, i.e., that it conforms with the Sunnah of the Prophet. I e it's not an act of innovation. As we know, as the Prophet mentioned, Whoever introduces something to this affair of ours, then
0: it is rejected. Rejected meaning marudud. It will not be accepted. Now, is bid'ah a form of shirk? An act of bid'ah could be a form of shirk.
2: Someone could introduce a, an act of bid'ah that is shirki.
0: You have acts of innovation that are shirki.
1: It's kind of trying to go through the questions.
0: Proof of Allah's uh, names and attributes is
2: any ayah that mentions and affirms a name an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahman is a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Ar-Rahim is a name. So it affirms them as being names for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As mentioned before, there's the book. Ustahd al-Rahad, you've taken some questions. about wa ta'ala.
1: It
0: comes up with a, a message. So, minor or hidden shirk, it doesn't take one out of the fold of Islam.
2: This is the main difference between a shirk al-akbar and al-shirk al-asghar. However, what scholars have mentioned is that it leads to, it lead, they lead to major shirk. They lead Two major shirk, but it does not take one out of the fold of islam just like major kufr, minor kufr, there's a difference, and as it relates to nifaq, hypocrisy, major nifaq, and also the nifaq al amali meaning not the ibtiqadi, not in one's belief, but in terms of one's actions, then they do not take one out of the
1: fold of Islam.
0: So again, I'll reiterate, that one can be forgiven for
2: any shirk that is not major, i.e. they seek forgiveness for this. Even if someone fell into major shirk, then they would make tawbah from this. They would make tawbah. They would make tawbah. The point is that if one dies as a
0: mushrik, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive them for this sin. It's unforgivable.
1: Okay. What,
0: what is the main pers- uh, purpose behind all creation? As Allah mentioned,
2: that he created us to worship him. So in Surah that dhariyat
1: he created us to worship him.
0: The book mentioned was Kitab at Tawheed.
2: Kitab at Tawheed by Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab. And if you read the book, then you'll find that. There's hardly any words from the author. Hardly any words from the author. What do I mean by that? Then he just brings a hadith and ayat to prove each of the different
1: chapters that he speaks about.
0: So I'm going to put these two, asghar and Khafi, as one. They put them as one, i.e. Uh,
2: Al-Khafi, Zuriya, a person, for example, a person praying when the Prophet ﷺ gave the tafsir. He mentioned that it's someone they're praying and they yuzayyin salatahu. So he begins to beautify his prayer for the to capture the look of someone who is looking at him. That's as it relates to Al-Khafi. Al-Asghar is... Like swearing by uh, fathers, swearing by your forefathers, swearing by your father or your mother, and the likes. This is what is mentioned by Al khafi Or oh, for example, the saying Masha Allah wa Shit." For example, as Allah has willed and you willed, then this is all also a form of minor shirk of minor shirk. However, they can be uh, categorized as the same minor.
0: They are both considered. Uh, man, in the sense that it doesn't take a person out the fold of Islam
1: no if you're praying and you're getting distracted
0: in your salah this is not shirk you get distracted and this is uh, not shirk There's also a surah thalatha, there's
2: aqidat al relates to the book by sheik al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah.
0: But it's important to do these uh, with lessons, yani with, a, with a teacher.
1: Now I'm showing sure off is a form of uh al If something plays on your mind, if something plays on your mind and you think about it a lot, it's not considered shirk. Allah Subhanahu
2: Taala mentioned ta'atum.
0: Fear Allah as
2: much as you are able to. As it relates to the intention, then you do your best. You do your best. You perform it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are not perfect. This is important. You're not we're not perfect. We'll have shortcomings. But the point is that you do your best. And you don't overthink things. I just cannot cause a lot
0: of wiswas and the likes. No, I'm supposed to stick to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his names and, and
1: the names that have been mentioned.
0: Another book that I've mentioned before is Ad-Durus muhimma
2: It also covers on these topics as well, in brief as relates to uh, Tawheed and also the categories of a Tawheed and also Shirk and its categories. Uh, that book by Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz also uh, discuss and covers, his, covers uh,
1: this particular issue of Tawheed.
0: I'm is it clear about the sheik
1: Barakallahu
0: alayhi wa jazamu alayhi